You are listening to episode 81 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. We're practicing social distancing for God knows how long. Here's Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we celebrate 40 years of eating the dead in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. When you put it that way, this is really a creepy game. Uh, so, Ryan, we're on, like, I don't know, episode eight now of social distancing through Zencaster. So if you're still with us and um, we've actually got a lot of new listeners, which is cool. Uh, yeah, we're recording remotely. So hopefully here we can start recording in person pretty soon and our audio quality just goes just blows up. Yeah, if so, you guys came over from uh, the Sega Saturn Shiro podcast, thanks for coming back. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. So that was a fun episode, dude. I had a lot of fun with those guys. Yeah, they were and, great. And uh, what's cool is not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we're going to be doing an episode with uh, the Game Tenants podcast. So we've got uh, Church from Game Grinder. We've got Jason from Corpse Slug Gaming. They have a cool podcast that they host uh, weekly. And so we're going to go ahead and jump on their episode here pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, we'll, of course, promote on our end as well and retweet and do all that cool stuff. So, Ryan, uh, let's start with you because you actually had a pickup this week. I sure did. And I wasn't expecting this at all. So uh, probably the earliest streamer, YouTuber that I really started following was Ziggy D. He uh, did a bunch of Path of Exile content and I played some Path of Exile for a while, but I just really liked his stream. So I've kind of stuck around for a long time watching those. And last week he was playing a game that wasn't out yet. It came out on Thursday. It's called Monster Train. Now, this is a genre that I love and I've really wanted to get into. Uh, it's basically kind of like Slay the Spire. John, are you familiar with that at all? A little bit, but I'm going to Google Monster Train right now. So uh, it's a deck building roguelike game where you have uh, different classes and you try to build the best deck that you can and you're not playing like another person or another deck. You're fighting like uh, enemies in a turn-based combat system where, you know, in Slay the Spire, you have just your hero character and you get all different cards that have different abilities or different, you know, some are spells, some are physical attacks, some generate shield, some restore health, stuff like that. Uh, in this one, though, instead of just having a champion and just having like whatever class that champion is, you have five different demon classes that are uh very different one of them's like more of a, a red type that's like you know burn damage and shields and uh big monsters you've got the green which is like a lot of uh health restoring and card generation and mana generation or ember generation in this game the blue uh they're more like magic and spells and spell amplification and uh, poison type effect called uh, frost in this game and then there's the umbra which is really a crazy one i just unlocked that one this morning and uh, they generate a bunch of smaller monsters that they'll eat at the end of a turn to gain more powers and stuff uh, 
more attack, more defense, things like that. And then the last one I haven't unlocked yet is uh, these candle guys that are about regenerating creatures. Because once you've played a creature, you it doesn't just recycle back into your deck. There's certain cards that do. There's certain cards that don't. So you try to build your deck out of creatures and spells. You know, you get some artifacts that change certain elements of the game like make you retain stuff that you would normally lose at the end of a turn like your extra mana or uh rage counters ticking down there's lots of different status effects to keep track of and as you build this deck you go through stages where there's different shops that you can either upgrade your creatures upgrade your spells uh get rid of cards duplicate cards buy stuff there's a lot of different options but you have to pick which ones you're going to go to to try to enhance your deck as much as you can and then there will be a battle i think there's like five, only five or six combats in the game but it's not just like a one-on-one combat you're on a train and the train has three levels so you kind of have to lay out your creatures in a tower defense style on each floor and as the enemies come in there will be a combat if you don't kill them they go up to the next level of the train and on the fourth level of the train is your your pyre which is basically like your health pool so if they get up there they'll attack it it'll attack them back it does some pretty decent damage to take care of like regular enemies smaller ones if they manage to slip through but like if a boss gets up there he's going to totally kill it so you try to pull off the craziest combos that you can, and uh, there's so many different elements because you mix together uh, a primary demon class and then a secondary like backup class, and you'll get more cards from the one type than of the other, but you try to uh, just work your way through. It's a really fun roguelike. If you like Slay the Spire... You're absolutely going to love this game. I never got Slay the Spire. I've been waiting for it to like have a big price drop, but I jumped on this right away because I think it looks better. And they're actually doing a deal. Um, I don't know if it's still going on, but when it came out on Thursday, it was 10% off, and it was an additional 10% off if you already own Slay the Spire on your Steam account. So uh, I, I absolutely love this game. I think it's awesome. I mean, they they paid Ziggy to do a, a stream of it for three hours. And I think he's put more than like 60 or 70 hours into it because he likes it so much. You know, it's uh, it looks like it's probably going to be, you know, slay the spire will probably always remain like as like the iconic definer of the genre, but this is definitely going to be a really close follow-up. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to do everybody a favor here. Google search Monster Train. You will not be disappointed. I swear it is just a hilarious bunch of images, Ryan. It's <laughs> this This hasn't truly taken off yet to where it just dominates Google searches. So there's actually a lot of pictures of Monster Trains on there. Uh, dude, one other thing. So I'm pretty sure Slate Aspire just got a, uh, a reduced rate at Best Buy. Oh, really? If I'm correct. Yeah, I, I want to say I saw it on sale the other day. Yeah, so. I would I would still like to get that at some point in time, but uh 
I mean, this is definitely going to hold me over. This is going to be, this is probably going to be my next cave blazers. Like it's, it's already May. So I do need to really start thinking about starting up my uh, new games resolution again and start cracking on persona. Plus we still have to get back. We haven't played any final fantasy seven in like two weeks. Jeez. And you still got to beat final fantasy 12. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm saving that for something else. I'm not concerned. Uh, uh, okay. Um, what was the other thing I was going to tell you? Uh, I think you were going to tell us all uh, what you picked up and what you've been playing. No, but I will tell everybody what I picked up and what I'm currently playing. Oh, actually, no, I, I know what I was going to ask you. Are you playing any Animal Crossing? Um, I've really taken a dive in my Animal Crossing play. Like, I definitely played it like once or twice this week but now that my switch is at its new home upstairs in my uh game it's not really a game room because there's not a lot of games in there but my equivalent of a game room where i will be doing my gaming in the future um once i get my desk set up i've been spending a lot of time this week trying to like get my new portable display and my desk all set up really nice. I got like an HDMI four in one switcher and a bunch of cable hides and stuff. I just got to get the right length cables and figure that out. And then I'll be all set and yeah, I'll probably to try to jump back into animal crossing some more, but it's just like when I got on to play the other day, like I literally, all I did was run around, dig fossils, grab the bell tree, bury a bell tree, and um usually i try to like pick all the the fruit that i have grown that day and fill my inventory and go sell it but i just couldn't be bothered because i went to the nook shop and i already owned everything that they were selling that day like that's not always the case and sometimes there are some really expensive things like i got um an arcade and an arcade stool just like uh, they were talking about last week and uh, it looked very similar to the one that he had too. looking at the pictures. But, you know, other than that, like, I just haven't found that many cool things to buy. And it's really based on buying things like I could go online and just go to other people's islands that let you pick stuff up to copy it and then order it from your catalog. But I'm just yeah. I don't have a new plan. Like the last time I the first time I started to kind of back off from Animal Crossing. It was because I finally unlocked all the tools and I just wasn't really sure what to do with them. And then I got this whole idea to make my little park and change it into like a smaller scale kind of version of my island so that as you walk through it, you kind of can see, oh, this is where the different trees are. This is kind of where the plaza is. These are like the three hills. And uh, that was kind of fun to do for a while. But I need a new project. So unless I want to go in and move a bunch of houses around and maybe make a neighborhood and, you know, throw down some roads, maybe kind of update my island because it's still very like low key island. It's not got a lot of, you know, this urban design that a lot of people have put into it. So maybe if I do something like that and really try to change up what I've terraformed, but it's just like if you're not cheating to get bells it's kind of rough. Like I can't just afford to build a bridge every day 
and I'm not time traveling. So like if I wanted to move all my bridges and ramps, it would take me over a week just to do that. And it's like, I'd have to really know where I was going to put them afterwards. It's just too much for me to want to do right now. I'm sure I'm going to get back into it. Like I'm probably just done for now. and going to wait for the next holiday to roll around for the most part, maybe check in once or twice a week. I gotcha. Yeah. Oh, by the way, a while back, um, I was talking about how Animal Crossing might be something I want to get into, and I had played a game recently that I'd enjoyed. It was Yonder Cloudcatcher. That that was the one I was thinking of, where mm-hmm. it's kind of resource development and, and getting certain items and building and missions and everything else. So that that was what I was referencing. But uh, yeah, dude. So no protesting on your end. Sounds nope. Sounds like <laughs> okay. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. So my pickups. Uh, I actually picked up a pretty good size PS4, PS3 collection recently. Well, I didn't pick up a full collection. I picked and choose or chosen or chose what I wanted out of that collection. So the guy had listed like, I don't know, just a bunch of PS4, PS3, some PS2, some 360 games, and it was five bucks a pop. And in there was a copy of Time Crisis Raising Storm, which I think has Time Crisis 4 and some other uh, game on there that's Time Crisis related on PS3. Uh, a couple copies of Last of Us Remastered on PS4 in there. Um, Bloodborne, some Dragon Ball Z games, uh, the whole Far Cry collection. So, I mean, there's quite a bit in there, and I got it for like 70 bucks, I think. So it wasn't bad. It, you know, the Far Cry game alone is like $35. It's totally worth it just on like that. The two DBZ games and and bloodborne like paid off the full collection so totally stoked to pick that one up so if we can get a gun con for ps3 man we're gonna have a blast because i got multiple time crisis games that we need to play yeah so definitely yeah so outside and of it's that, been a while I, I mean other than what was the vampire game that we played vampire night vampire night yeah other than that we haven't really tried any other like light shooters we should definitely get another well, one of those well, yeah, and I've got a gun here, so I mean, we're all good to go at any point when we want to play. So I got the Gun Con too, so we can play all the PS2 ones with no issue. Like we can even do, I think it's Resident Evil Dead Aim, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. It's the one that they had, so yeah, we could even play that. So uh, outside of that, I finally got a new ver or new copy of Death Stranding Collector's Edition. So Amazon sent me one that had this huge, massive dents on the top, and I talked about that last week. And so they were sending me a replacement. Well, when I was supposed to send them back the replacement, I looked on there and it said I had to purchase postage. I'm like, no, no, Amazon, you don't send me broken crap and expect me to go ahead and pay postage. So I went ahead and set up a return for the other one that I just got and sent them back the one that was already broken. So I'm like, here you go. Like you paid the postage. Absolutely ridiculous, man. So something to keep in mind for folks out there. If Amazon sends you damaged products, Put it as damage. Don't put it as replacement because they will charge you postage, evidently. Mm. Um, even though it was a, I even told them it was a damaged box. <laughs> like the whole outside was damaged. Like, and you guys are going to try and get me to pay for that. Like the collector's edition, like collectability is gone on something like that when you do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the other thing I picked up, uh, I got Helmut on the Switch. It was on sale uh, via Amazon as well. And that was like, I don't know, 10 bucks on the switch. And that's a roguelite. And I also got uh hell warders, which is like a tower defense RPG type of thing. It's got some 
okay reviews, but it looked pretty cool and it was like $10, so why not? And I ended up picking up several games on PS4 at GameStop. Uh, don't ask me what they were. Oh, Metal Wolf was one of them. Gundam New Breaker. And I don't remember the other one that I got. And the last thing I got, finally, Ryan, is the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Yeah, I saw. Oh, dude, I'm so excited to play that. There's so many good games on that thing. And if we can go ahead and pop on some other games onto that system, I'm going to have a blast. Like, I'll be able to get rid of my Turbo Duo CD I have in box, some of the games, I won't have to worry about it, and I'll just have the Mini to play. It's going to be awesome. So I'm totally stoked, and that completely opens us up to a whole different like genre of games that we can play now. So it's exciting times. Exciting for everyone. Exciting. Now, uh, my currently playing Neverwinter Nights. I'm still in chapter three. Uh, we haven't played too much, but we, and so this is funny. We actually are like on this like uh, mission to find like these orc chieftains to try and kill them off or something. And we ended up finding ourselves in the lair of a green dragon in the game this is the second dragon i've come across so i came across this door and it says if you try to open this uh whatever name of the dragon is will slay whoever tries to enter i'm like oh really okay so i had my other character with me and i went in and i stole everything including green dragon eggs hit on my invisibility ran around the corner let my companion battle a dragon while i slipped out of the uh the layer and now i have green dragon eggs so it's really interesting what happened what to i'm gonna companion? i don't know i guess he died and went back to the temple <laughs> there sacrifices needed to be made ryan sacrifices needed to be made right. so um yeah so he is now back at the temple i'll go resurrect him and everything will be fine and he'll forgive me because we got green dragon eggs it'll be fine so <laughs> there was that and then i finally got to disc two in arc the lad and oh man okay so spoilers at this point so spoiler spoilers i finally got to see elk who was a main character in arc the lad 2 and the academy which is the baddie in the game has pretty much gone ahead uh and risen up the old tower or sky in the castle of romalia from number two and Elk comes like out of nowhere and he's just like this badass, like he's throwing up flames. He's knocking out doors. He's, you know, just this crazy, crazy experienced hunter in the game. And it's just cool to see like him from like me not playing that character, like just kind of coming out with that cameo. And yeah, so right now my next part of my mission is trying to stop the dark one from uh, being risen again and going from there. So dude the story just took like a massive turn it went from you're kind of doing missions this academy's here to where okay the academy is pretty relevant we got to figure out how to stop them to like the academy fulfills their plan and things are going crazy they're going to blow up the world and you got to stop them so it's it's awesome dude like i'm loving the story i've probably logged in about 40 hours into the game and i probably got another 15 to 20 to go but it's a blast absolutely loving it so if you have not played the Ark the Lad series, I've said this on probably every single episode since I started playing, play the Ark the Lad series. You will truly enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. All right. That is it for my spiel, Ryan. Spiel what are we over. Spiel All over. All right. Well, let's get right into the news then. So this week, 
We've got an article by Max Moeller at CCN.com. Microsoft and Sony partnership puts PlayStation Xbox fanboys to shame. So I do want to note, Ryan, that this is actually so this article in particular is referencing an article that VGC had put out regarding uh, the deepening of the partnership for cloud based technology of Sony and Microsoft. So just want to point that out, too. Mm -hmm. So in in the streaming wars that are going on not the streaming video wars but the streaming uh you know video game wars there's a lot of talk about you know trying to better the system i mean we all saw the stadia launch you know nobody was really impressed like i don't know anybody stadia gaming so people are still skeptical about this so it really you know this partnership makes a lot of sense you know, people need to remember that even though there is Xbox and there is PlayStation, both of them have a vested interest in, you know, pushing cloud gaming and pushing that control over the game space and ultimately, you know, pushing for, you know, like always online, digital streaming, you know, they own the product, not you type of environment that they really wish that they could have, but it's just not there yet. So the more these big companies work together, the closer we're going to get to, you know, that type of reality. So it's like you could cheer for, you know, whoever your favorite gaming platform is, but just because they're working together doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, working together towards our benefit. Well, I mean, I would say that they are kind of working together towards our benefits. So one of the issues that is noted in both these articles, both through VGC and the CCN article, is that there's a lot of congestion that's going on, or they're thinking there might be a lot of congestion just due to gamers really kind of hammering on those servers at night versus during the day. So this is two organizations that are partnering, and I do that with quotes, air quotes, uh, because Microsoft typically calls everyone they work with a partner. Uh, they have like a whole tiered system and such for partners. It's, it's odd. Um, but basically, they're looking at this from a perspective of we kind of have to put our heads together and figure out how we're going to make this work, because no matter what, we're going to have the same issue you're having. So it's going to be better for both of our companies and make the gamers happy. So it's it's really interesting, man, to see uh, to see how these two companies are kind of joining together to fight or not fight, but, you know, kind of put the heads together and, and figure out what's going to work. And you're right, dude, on the fanboyism that's been going on over the last several years. It's even noted here in the CCN article that there's fanboys coming out of woodwork for both PlayStation and Xbox, you know, at each other's throats. And it's like, you know, do we kind of do we need to be at each other's throats? Like both organizations are playing well together on the outside for our betterment why do we have to argue yeah i mean it seems like you know the congestion that they're having with their servers like that's definitely going to be a task you know the more money you could put behind it between two companies they'll get it done faster and hopefully better than you know one of them trying to do it themselves but i mean how much does this really come down to like isp congestion as well because i mean like just using streaming sites at night during the lockdown has been like crazy like i don't think i've ever watched anything in like full quality at night because there's so many people streaming i mean i 
I might be overstating it, but I do see a lot more. I've seen a lot more like, okay, why is this is this blurry right now? You see, my internet issues have been occurring primarily during the workday. So I haven't seen it at night. Uh, for me, my streaming has been like spot on, but I have the benefit of being around a lot of retirees where I'm at. Uh, you not so much. You're kind of in the heart of everything. So yeah. I, I could see where you would have an issue if you're ISP. But that being said, um, you know, it's based on servers as well. So the quality of those servers and, and you know, the internet service provider as well tied in. So I do know that there's like an existing deal that uh, Microsoft and Sony have where Sony is pretty much using, I want to say they're using the Azure platform for their, uh, their software, or not their software, but their streaming service. And on top of that, Sony is looking to work with Microsoft and I think it's AI and semiconductors. So um, there's, there's a mutual benefit here for both these organizations to really just kind of continue that, you know, again, air quote partnership and, you know, for the betterment of both their organizations and for gaming in general. Mm -hmm. uh, so, dude, uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this one because I think that we have a, uh, a pretty good article here with the common enemy of Microsoft and Sony, and that's Amazon. Soon so, to uh, be anyways. Soon to be. Yeah. So this article is actually by Yahoo Finance, and it says that Amazon could be a huge threat to the gaming industry. It's by Daniel Howley, again, at Yahoo Finance. So essentially, uh, if you haven't heard yet, Amazon recently just went ahead and launched out their first ever, uh, it's kind of like a mix between League of Legends and uh, what's the other game, Ryan? Overwatch. Um, Overwatch, yeah, see, it shows how much uh, online gaming that Hero, does. More hero arena games. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, this one's called Crucible. So it actually looked pretty cool. It's a free to play game uh, that Amazon has and it's doing OK so far. So they've done some Twitch streaming on it. They're trying to push it out and it's not exactly like the top streaming you know, game out there right now. It's kind of picking up some steam. But, dude, it looks pretty cool. They're going based off the model of the, you know, in-game purchases like a Call of Duty or uh, I guess the League of Legends with some of what they have. And, uh, you know, it's people are saying it's a threat to the gaming industry. They're kind of jumping in. They've got this game coming out. They've got they're looking at a Lord of the Rings game. They're doing uh, an RPG game coming out. Not too that, long. From uh, that, I think, August. MMO New World. Yeah. Yeah. I looked New at World. a I looked at a trailer or some gameplay for that. And it's Dark Souls inspired. And they said it's OK. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but. I mean, it, that's not my genre anyway, so it that doesn't really interest me regardless. This Amazon stuff is really interesting, though. I think yeah, exactly. That... So, so the other piece here is that they have their uh, cloud gaming service called Project Tempo that they're in the process of working on. So, I mean, when you start coupling Twitch, when you start looking at free-to-play shooters, uh, MMORPGs, uh, they have multiple game studios, uh, Amazon Games Seattle, and uh, I think it's called Relentless Studios. So mm -hmm. they're really jumping in on this full-fledged. And when you start looking at what Amazon has done in other markets, like healthcare, food, um, you know, Prime with the streaming service, the overall books years ago, like they took out major book retailers with what they were doing. Uh, I think that they could be a threat to the gaming industry and how we do things today. I, you know, 
it's not to say that they haven't definitely upended well-established, you know, industries and really changed the face of the world for shopping in general. I mean, Amazon probably led, you know, directly to the death of like malls and stuff like because once you have somebody dominating the online space, everybody's going to try to compete. But this is just going to be another new big fish in a pond full of big fish. Like, until the consoles go away, we won't really know, like, the full impact of what Amazon is doing here. I mean, Tencent has done massive, massive stuff with their games. And Amazon could really do the same. But like I said, most of these things are not games that I'm super interested in. So it's like, what's another MMO? Like nothing's ever really killed Warcraft. You know, what's another uh, online battle arena game? Like some people play Overwatch. Some people prefer, you know, League of Legends or Dota. You know, there's lots of different styles out there. There's been lots of games that have come out that have tried to be like this new dominant thing. And just because Amazon has all the money in the world doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be super successful just because of it. That really comes down to, you know, the talent and the schedule and the timing of things and what it's up against. But well, I think that my biggest interest in this is that, I mean, Amazon has their exclusive shows that they have through, you know, Amazon Prime. So I think that this could be another way, like, instead of Amazon, you know, just making a few of these games, like use that money to become like a crazy publishing source for indies. Like if you can green light all these shows for exclusivity on your platform, like why not branch out and, you know, just publish like a bunch of indie titles that are going to go well. I mean, Xbox has been really, onboarding the indies over the last few years and i think that 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 industry is really going to come up if you throw amazon and their money and their willingness to just invest in products that will pay off instead of trying to dominate these already like super competitive you know big fields like where you know blizzard is dominating and where you know, CSGO and Valve are dominating. Like, don't try to get into those. Those are so established. Make a lot of cool stuff with your money instead. We'll see. Uh, I kind of disagree, man. I think Amazon, their capital that they have on hand and what they can accomplish. I mean, look, they've already got Twitch. They could very easily have their streamers on there pushing this game, paying them to push this game and making this more of a thing. I mean, this could really be the next Fortnite, right? And I hate to say the next Fortnite because I absolutely hate Fortnite. I think it's dumb, but uh, they very easily could push us to be a, a Fortnite. They could say, hey, no, our major streamers, Ninja and everybody else, go ahead and stream this game. We're going to pay left you. Twitch. Oh, whatever. It, he was made famous and whatnot through it. So regardless, all of these different streamers that they have play, t- play this particular game, Crucible. We're going to pay you to pay this to play this game. So really a, a pay to play and just push our product out there. They have the money to be able to do this. They have the backing to do it. And with a prime thing like Twitch, with streamers, with the financial backing, with studios that they're actively going you know, to be creating and working through already, 
I can see this being a major threat, man. Uh, How is getting more games a threat? It's more of a threat in the sense of this would have have... been the same argument that somebody probably said about Microsoft. And that gave us Halo. And that's awesome. Eh, Debatable after what? Halo 2, Halo 3. So, I mean, come on. The Halo games aren't that great after a while. So, look, we've already got Sony. We've already got Xbox. We've already got Nintendo. A fourth competitor coming in. We've always no. said for years that there isn't a market for a fourth group to come in. No, Google those, being those one are, of those. Those examples. are consoles, John. Like this is. I know. Yeah, but like this is more equivalent the, to something like, uh, you know, Tencent or Bungie or uh, EA. This is going to just be a giant publishing company. Like they're not going to. No. Yeah, not they're not going to make their own tech. They're just like dude. all these games they're releasing are going to release on like a steam or an epic uh-huh. store or something so start start thinking about stuff i like mean that, i guess man. it We're would gonna... be inside of amazon we... like yeah you buy the games through amazon i'm pretty sure actually yeah yeah i actually saw some on there so, but okay they must have Here's their the launcher them cloud gaming service project tempo i mean that's the key thing sony is moving into cloud gaming microsoft is moving into cloud gaming you have google who's already in the cloud gaming despite how bad they've been doing the movement is cloud gaming. And if Amazon jumps into that, I'm pretty sure Amazon has a much higher capital than, you know, I'm not sure about Microsoft, but I think they have a bigger capital than, uh, than Sony to get this done. I mean, this really is a threat to existing companies that are in the market, not necessarily gaming, but existing companies in the market, I feel. So like, is Nintendo going to be able to keep up with this after a while? Like, is it going to get to a point where up with, with Sony and Microsoft, but they do just Uh fine. Okay, I mean, they now, do better than them a lot of the time. Like, tech-wise, they're not they're not as invested in anything else except for just making good games. So I want you to look at this from a new generation of gamers coming through who are playing a ton of Fortnite and NBA 2K and all these other things, and they're not necessarily jumping into Mario, right? So if another big player like an Amazon comes into a streaming service, something that's supposed to be, you know, the next piece of gaming... Nintendo's falling behind on that. One of those big three is going to fall after this, and I can't see it being Sony or Microsoft. I could Mm. see this being a situation where Nintendo doesn't catch up in the cloud-based gaming, uh, and their games start getting licensed out. I I mean, it's a high... Nintendo's last console was a portable... And, you know, trying to trying to make cloud gaming is one thing, but trying to make cloud gaming happen in a portable setting... Like you need something to be able to play it on and it's not going to be your phone. Like that's why Nintendo's around is because they do that specifically better than anybody else. Dude, Nintendo is on like the brink of disaster after the Wii U. They need to hope that they can get something in place. that's just as successful as Nintendo switch next generation. And if you honestly look back at all of Nintendo's consoles and what they've sold over the years, it's not a lot compared to some of the other companies. The Wii was a fluke in their overall yeah but the ds wasn't a fluke the game boy wasn't a fluke the game boy advance wasn't a fluke yeah like they've made so many yeah they're they're going to be the dominant like we've we've had this talk before i'm pretty sure but it's like they're out there for you know propping everything up off their portable backbone yeah, and how long is that going to last, man? Cell phones. As long as people want to play games away from their computer screens, they have cell phones. 
They have yeah, but nobody's ever gonna want to play Mario on their phone. But they literally released a Mario game on the phone. Two and, games actually. Yeah, but they're terrible. They're not like class A Nintendo products. And they'll Which never shows... be. They'll never put that type of development into something that's not their own hardware. Which shows Nintendo not having a full understanding of the market, man. No, we'll, it we'll shows see how... that they're in control. They make you come to them to play. Sony does the same thing. Microsoft does the same thing. That's why they have exclusive titles. They say, you come here, you use our hardware, you play our games. And, the, yeah, but, and yeah, then I mean... we buy into that. Well, I mean, Microsoft isn't exactly exclusive, though, either, when you consider that. I mean, a lot of their games are going to be available on PC. Same with Sony. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be on PC. God of War is supposed to be on PC through streaming. Like, you're not going to have to buy a console. It's all cloud gaming coming down the road. So Nintendo is going to be left behind, I feel. And Amazon's going to be filling that void. You're wrong. Uh, I don't know, man. Hey, everybody... Find us on the social medias anywhere at the Game Deflators, except for Twitter, because they can't handle the just Game Deflators on Twitter. Uh, and let John know that he's wrong. Using the hashtag Ryan is wrong. That's the hashtag you got to use. For every uh, Ryan is wrong, we'll know that John is wrong. Yeah, we'll see how that goes, man. But yeah, anybody listening, feel free to comment. I do get Facebook messages every now and then from listeners uh, regarding the content we talk about. So it's pretty fun. Uh, also on top of that, uh, our, wherever you want to find us streaming. So you're listening to us on something right now, but maybe there's another product out there you'd rather use. So we're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, everywhere you can find a podcast, we're on it. And if we're not, let us know and we'll try to be on there. Plus, give us as six star reviews if possible, but we'll settle for five. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. So... Last let's get into on some our... happier let's get into some happier news oh yeah here. so last on our list this week uh PETA isn't happy with animal crossing new horizons this is by clayton i think it's sire at cog connected yeah so the uh, organization known as people eating tasty animals is uh pretty upset regarding uh ryan what's the name of the owl in the museum blathers what is it blathers okay so blathers apparently likes to keep tanks of fish in his museum and uh there is now a movement by PETA, dude this is so stupid i had to watch a video to, to make sure it was legit so people from PETA literally purchased nintendo switches and animal crossing copies to hold and up the online and, nintendo and the and the online subscription to go ahead and post up signs and say like uh free the ocean empty the tanks there's posters of empty the tanks they even like there's a video on the link that we'll have where they're going up the stairs of the museum and they're all just saying empty the tanks with their their uh, chat communication on their characters and they're surrounding blathers telling him to empty the tanks of the museum i'm just like dying in laughter over this man like it's so stupid but i totally understand what they're doing they're using a game that's got like a huge following right now and by jumping well, they on banned it in China life. for doing more protesting. Did they really? Yeah, oh, they yeah, were I protesting think, uh, yeah, we the game in China. That. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had talked about that. So yeah, PETA's doing the same thing, but I see them using this as more of a, uh, you know, as a platform, right? So they can jump into something like this where it's younger folks and even older folks. And this is trending, I'm sure. Like, come on, it has to be trending. How many people would have expected PETA to protest blathers in his museum of fish? I mean... It's it's silly. Like if 
if you're going to play Animal Crossing and you just want to ignore all of the fishing because it's unethical, and I mean, I guess you could ignore... I don't know if they said anything about the bug catching being unethical, but if you declare both of those things unethical, I mean, you're really going to have, like, a lot of stuff that you're missing doing that game because that's, like, catching bugs and catching fish is, like, a big chunk of what you can do in that game. Most of the other stuff you can do in that game is uh, not as repeatable as doing those activities. Well, I guess everything's kind of equally repeatable. But so like here's you could go chop down trees or shoot balloons, but if you're not catching bugs and fishing, like you're I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, so I mean you're just gonna be selling turnips the rest of your life. Uh so dude, here's the other part of this that was really funny. They recently posted a guide on how to play the game ethically, stating numerous reasons why the game about anthropomorphic animals is cruel towards animals. So they literally have made a guide on how to ethically play Animal Crossing. So if you are, like Ryan just said, an individual who is consistently hunting bugs and fishing and doing all of these things towards animals, you can go on PETA's website and you can find a way to ethically play this game and not have any interaction with animals. It's great. I mean, it might as well just be called Crossing. That's it. Just call the game Crossing. Just Crossing. Just Crossing. You make bridges with turnips. That's all you do. Uh, So yeah, dude, I think it's, it's pretty funny. And the fact that they're, you know, using Animal Crossing as that platform is even better. Like, it's it's so great. So, okay, that was our random news for the week. I felt that that would be a, a nice, good one to put in there. Uh, so let's get into our inflation deflation of the week. It is not Pack Attack, Ryan. It was something else. I forget the name. No, was it, it was Pack, Pack Attack? Attack. What did you call it earlier? I said Pack Mania. Pac-Mania. And I was you wrong, see, and you corrected me to Pac-Attack. And then I just corrected myself incorrectly. Okay. Yep. All right, so this week we played Pac-Attack and Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures. I've got some feelings on these games, but dude, I'll let you kick it off with the developer and all that good stuff. Well, we did this in homage. It's the 40th anniversary of Pac-Man, right? Yeah, yep, 40th anniversary. So we decided to play not the classic Pac-Man for some reason. So because well, we uh, played it so many times. Right? I know. Who hasn't played too much Pac-Man? I'm not a big could... Pac fan. So Oh, I love Pac-Man. Dude, yeah, that's I know. my Smash. I know. That's my Smash Bros. character. Yeah, that's another part of the reason I don't like him anymore. Because <laughs> you whooped me. So, Fire hydrants. Let's start with Pack Attack. Pack Attack, developed by Namco Homotech. Uh, published by Namco, released in October of 93. It's a puzzle game. It gets about a 70-ish when it came out. It's a interesting Tetris Dr. Mario kind of take on a game where you've got the, the falling blocks. But in this one, you've got falling ghosts and block pieces. If you get a row of blocks, those blocks will go away. If you have a line of ghosts uninhibited by any blocks and you get a Pac-Man piece, that Pac-Man will go left and right on that screen. Or no, he'll just go one direction. He'll go one direction on that screen and go down and eat all the ghosts that you have lined up for big points. It was okay. It it got really fast, really quick, I felt, on normal mode. Like, I was Mm -hmm. doing pretty good for a while, and then very quickly I was not doing well at all because it got very fast. 
and I kind of came back and then I kind of lost out again. But I thought this one was interesting. I thought it was a a totally different kind of take because it kind of marries like that idea of the maze and kind of building the maze as you drop these pieces in and trying to still be able to get all the ghosts. I think that maybe if they had like some type of system where you could make Pac-Man like turn around or climb a wall or, you know, gave him some extra directionality that he could go in maybe through power-ups or, I don't know, just changing some of the game. I think that this could have been much cooler than it was because that's kind of the take that they had when it came out. Like, it is fun. It is good like, you know, Tetris or Dr. Mario. It's just not as good as Tetris and Dr. Mario. Yeah, so I'd agree with you on that. I actually had a lot of fun, though, playing it. Uh, To your point, very much a Tetris-style game, and it kind of has that, like, Puyo Puyo mix in it, right? So if you play Puyo Puyo Tetris, this would make a lot of sense. You have your blocks, and you've got your ghosts kind of attached on some blocks, and it's just a mix the entire way. And after a certain amount of ghosts drop down, your ghosts turn blue, and then Pac-Man can go ahead and eat them. Uh, It got pretty difficult after a while. So it got to a point where like I was clearing things out, there wasn't any issue. And then I started getting like those L brackets that have like one ghost or two ghosts and trying to like piece it to where your brick fell in a certain position, your ghost fell in another, all the meanwhile trying to position it to where Pac-Man could effectively eat as many as possible. It got pretty hard after a while. So I'd say I played a few different rounds of it and I got used to it. I could see where this would be a lot of fun as a two player game. Like if I, I was better at T-spinning, I think I would have done better at the game. Man, I'm terrible at T-spinning. I can do it, but I'm not that great. So I think that this was actually a lot of fun. I think I'd have a lot more fun if I was playing against somebody. It wouldn't be something that I would sit there like a Puyo Puyo Tetris and consistently play like hours on end. But I think, you know, for the price that it is, you could have a good like afternoon or weekend playing this every now and then, and it'd be worth it. You know, it's kind of funny we played this game. I I should have said this earlier. I actually tried playing um, Puzzle Fighter or Puzzle Street Fighter 2 on nice. the PS Classic a little bit this week. I've never played that game. I don't even know what, like, really made me decide to even try it. But I got my ass kicked by the computer. So this is not my genre. There's also kind of like a Puzzle Fighter style game. We talked about it last week on the podcast. Uh, in Mortal Kombat Deception, they have like a mini game that's like Tetris meets uh, Super Street Fighter Puzzle Fighter. It's mm. uh, it's pretty cool. So, I, God, I got to play that game again and unlock that so we can play it together. Uh, but, dude, so brass tacks on pricing for Pack Attack. So Pack Attack uh, coming in complete inbox at seventeen sixty five. That peaked at twenty nine ninety five back in September twenty sixteen. It is trending down right now. Loose price, you're looking at $6.69, peaked at $8.49 in January of 19, and that's trending up. I think that, uh, you know, six bucks, this game's definitely worth six bucks. $6.69 or six bucks? I mean, that's just the tax, basically, you know, you go pay six bucks, you throw tax on there, call it a six dollar game. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, if you found it for five bucks, buy it. It's not bad. It's uh, it's pretty fun. You and could definitely you have a good person, afternoon kind of messing around with this. Yeah, you look at it from a, a movie perspective, right? Movies are what, 10 to $12 to go to a movie nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like two hours of entertainment 
popcorn, all that money you're spending on that, you could easily get an hour to an hour and a half of a good friend sitting back playing some pack attack and then having some shelf dressing when you're all said and done. Yep. I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think six sixty nine totally worth that price point. So just right. Yeah, I'd say just right. Just right. Moving on, the second game we played, or at least I tried to play, was Pac-Man 2 The New Adventures. Developed by Namco, published by Namco, released the next year in September 94. This is an action-adventure game. It got about a 7 out of 10. And, man, dude, I just, I couldn't with this one. I just couldn't do anything. How did this get a 7 out of 10? Yeah, like I, I couldn't figure out what to do on like the first screen. Like I, I was kind of pressed up against the window. Like I cut this one close to our recording time, so that's kind of my fault. I didn't give it a a super fair shake, but just looking at the game, I had no idea what even to do. No, it was so dumb. So you had to find like baby Pac-Man's milk, like get him new milk, and you had. So if you were going to the left in the first area, you would have noticed a sign that says milk other way. So I went the other way, and when I finally got out there. I found the, the jar or the glass I'm supposed to put the milk in and I couldn't reach a damn thing. There was nothing to help prop me up to get it. There's a cow next to me. Could you who, shoot it with who, the, the No, because if you did, if you did, you broke it. Oh, really? Yeah. So like I could and then Pac-Man is like moving on his own the whole time. So you're you having the constant like Pac-Man is just kind of going on his own, like just straight up ADD Pac-Man just doesn't pay attention to anything that's going on. And you have to like shout out to him like, look, look. And he doesn't even look in the right direction half the time. Yeah. Terrible controls, terrible audio. The visuals were at least kind of nice. They were nice and pretty. But the well, game it's is just interesting bad. to see like this must have been the first interpretation of that idea of Pac-Man as more than just a pizza. Because I had never I'd never played any of those type of Pac-Man games, like any of the Pac-World games or anything like that. But I do remember watching the Pac-Man Christmas special and being like, where did they come up with this idea for Pac-Man? Uh, I would probably say about $15 for cocaine and uh, maybe another five for some sort of mirror. And I'd say a few different beers. Like that has to be how this game came up like it's there's no other way yeah and then whoever and whoever gave it an average of seven did the same thing <laughs> like it's just this wasn't fun man this is terrible yeah like, i'm not sure I, who I don't, this game was really for either like this definitely isn't like a super user-friendly like here's a a fun you know like if if you want to make a point and click game that's fine like but you should at least be able to like control the character in a meaningful way or you know have better options for interacting with the environment like in adventure style games uh and why i mean i guess this was during the time of like mascot platformers and namco was like well we have pac-man let's give him some arms and legs and uh push him out there and it just it doesn't seem like it really went well for them. So I had to look up a guide on this to see, like, there's there was more to it. Right. So apparently with that bottle of milk, you're supposed to shoot the crow that's above the wire. And when you do that, it'll swoop down to scare you and it'll knock down the bottle to the ground in front of the cow so you can reach it. 
after Miss after Pac-Man calms down, so he's freaked out, he'll automatically see the bottle of milk and try to obtain the milk from the baby cow. So that wouldn't be so hard if Pac-Man wasn't flipping moving all the time. That's the mm-hmm. issue, man. You're trying to get him to stop and look at something all while trying to point and click a slingshot on a D-pad to a crow sitting on a wire. Like, it's the dumbest thing. Like, you're right, man. Like, a point-click adventure where you could actively, like, control the character, that would have been fine. Like, no issue. But him consistently moving does not help the situation. It's just bad. And the, the so. cursor is... Cursor on a control like that is always bizarre for me. Yeah, I mean, I've never really had too many issues with it. But for point and click, yeah, it can be difficult. You know, I wouldn't even chalk this up to us being bad gamers necessarily. I would just chalk this up to poor development uh, on creating the game, poor functionality really on this title. Because I could see where this would be a game where you could have some fun. You could go through your adventure and do your stuff. But if a character is consistently moving and like you're literally, it's already difficult to control a cursor on a d-pad it's even more difficult to do it when the character is walking along with your cursor Mm -hmm. that's really where the issue kind of stems from right so i would say a five out of ten or a four out of ten would have been more appropriate for this well that's not what we wait rate on here john what we rate on is the price is it worth it and this one comes in complete in box at 1094 peaked at 1999 back in december 14 it is also trending down the loose however is 625 that peaked at 762 back in april of 18 and that's trending up so uh man if you really just need all the pac-man that you can handle i guess it could be worse you could be paying more than six bucks for this also but I mean, I struggle. I struggle with this price point because, realistically, I see five dollars as like you could pick up any game for five dollars. Will you? No, but it's it's hard to argue that five dollars is too much for a game. I think. I think that it's. Eh, I wouldn't buy it at six twenty five. I wouldn't buy it at five dollars, but I'm gonna say that it's inflated. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like if I saw this at a local thrift store or a pawn shop or something for five bucks, I would not even touch that. Two dollars, maybe, and that's a big maybe. Five bucks? No way. Not even close. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that too, man. It's completely inflated. And I just price don't point, see anybody really having to play this. Like, no, there's no incentive you? for you to play this. There's plenty of good games out there, regardless of your love for Pac-Man. There's better Pac-Man to be had in the world. In fact, you would probably love Pac-Man more and show a greater love for it, the entire franchise by not purchasing this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what we're playing next week. Uh, just if we plan on recording in person next week, we got tons of games we could play. If not, uh, we'll find something on SNES or NES that we could play and we'll kind of go from there. Sounds good to me, John. Anything else you want to tell the people? Maybe where would I can find us again? Yeah. So if you didn't hear earlier, you can find us on all the social media platforms at the game deflators, except for Twitter because they can't handle the just game deflators there, folks. And of course, all podcasting applications, 
Find us on there. If we're not on there, tell us and leave those reviews. We like good five-star reviews. Six if possible, maybe a seven. If you want to turn it up even to a 10-star review, we're cool with that too. You can use That's uh, two five-star reviews. Two five-star reviews. So what we're saying on that is you don't have to do this, but you can use two accounts and do two five-star reviews. Okay. So, dude, a lot of fun recording this week. Pac-Man, happy 40th birthday. Sorry for the Pac-Man Adventures 2. They didn't mean it. They were high on drugs when they made it. <laughs> uh, but uh, this has been episode 81 of the Game Deflators podcast. We'll try to catch you next week, as well as on the Game Tenants podcast up here pretty soon. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.